Hey, it's Shannon Ballard. Your Southern Mysteries is an independent podcast. It's made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. So if you'd like to help, you can join Southern Mysteries on Patreon and you get a little something in return. You can hear more than 60 episodes in the Southern Mysteries archive, and you also have an option to support the show and hear exclusive monthly episodes that are new this year called The Lesser Knowns, stories of lesser-known figures related to major historical events. Join me on Patreon today and catch up on all the episodes you haven't heard at patreon.com slash southernmysteries. The Hillsville Massacre has been described as one of the most bizarre incidents in Virginia criminal and legal history. The 1912 courthouse shooting left a judge, prosecutor, sheriff, juror, and witness dead. Seven others were injured. Floyd Allen, the patriarch of the Allen clan, known for feuding, moonshining, and violence, was executed after he stood trial for triggering the shooting. But the question remains, who fired the first shot? Welcome to Southern Mysteries, exploring the history and mysteries of the American South. I'm your host, Shannon Ballard. This is the story of the Hillsville Massacre. The Floyd Allen Affair, or Hillsville Massacre, is a strange chapter in American history. The incident was the first of its kind in which a criminal defendant tried to avoid justice by assassinating the trial judge in the courtroom. Hillsville in the Blue Ridge Mountains is the largest town in rural Carroll County, Virginia, and serves as the county seat. Floyd Allen was the patriarch of the Allen family who were known for all the land they owned their prosperous general store, along with their moonshine business, and active participation in politics. The Allens were Democrats and held many offices in Carroll County, including constable, deputy sheriff, tax collector, and they supported political friends in their bid for office. As long as those friends were willing to help the Allens maintain control of the county. By the early 1900s, Floyd Allen was one of the most influential people in Carroll County, a role he inherited from his father, Jeremiah Allen. The Civil War veteran was a prominent landowner and politician in the county who launched the Allen family moonshine business. Floyd Allen was one of 10 siblings. Born in Carroll County in 1856, Floyd and his siblings were raised with the awareness that the only person you could depend on was yourself and a small circle of friends. In the Blue Ridge, the United States government was an afterthought. Didn't matter very much. When they tried to add tax to whiskey, the Allens and fellow Mountain families just ignored it. Floyd followed in his father's footsteps as a farmer, a keeper at the family general store, and moonshiner. Floyd regularly told people who mentioned he could get in trouble that he would die and go to hell before he spent a minute behind bars. It wasn't just the moonshine that threatened Floyd Allen's freedom. It was Floyd, his temper. Floyd beat up a Mount Airy, North Carolina police officer and shot a man in North Carolina. 
He was indicted on assault charges, but eventually the case was dropped. And violence was an Allen family trait. Floyd's brothers, Garland and Sidna, were tried for carrying concealed pistols and assaulting a group of 13 men. They were charged with assault, but the prosecutor dropped the weapons charges. They were ordered to pay a $5 fine. In 1904, Floyd Allen assaulted his neighbor and cousin, Noah Combs, who stood in the way of Floyd expanding his farm. Floyd tried to buy property from one of his brothers, but they couldn't agree on price. When Noah Combs heard the land was up for grabs, he went to Floyd's brother and offered the asking price. When Floyd heard about the deal, he felt wronged and enraged. He shot Noah Combs, who survived. Allen was indicted, tried, and convicted for assault. His sentence was one hour in jail and a $100 fine. Floyd Allen vowed to never spend a minute in jail. He posted bail, and by the time he was due to appear in court again, Floyd had worked his network of political friendships to secure a pardon from the governor. A judge who presided over Floyd Allen hearings in the Carroll County courtroom once said this of Floyd. Floyd Allen was perhaps the worst man of the Allen clan. Overbearing, vindictive, high-tempered, brutal, with no respect for law, and little or no regard for human life. When Jeremiah Allen died, Floyd and his brother Jasper argued over barrels of brandy in their father's estate. The fight escalated, and they shot each other. Jasper survived, but Floyd was seriously injured. He sent for his brother Jasper, saying he wanted to make peace before he died. Jasper agreed and went to Floyd's home. As he entered Floyd's bedroom, Floyd grabbed his revolver from under his pillow. Just as he was about to shoot Jasper, another Allen brother grabbed Floyd's arm to keep him from pulling the trigger. Floyd recovered, and as one of his neighbors put it, he was just too mean to die. Floyd Allen's neighbors were rarely shocked when they heard of another shooting or another beating he and his family were a part of, and they knew they probably wouldn't go to jail. They held so much political power, and Floyd Allen served as a deputy sheriff and special policeman in Carroll County. Anytime one of the Allens were in legal trouble, they blamed Republicans who were out to destroy the Democrats of Carroll County. The best example of that shifting of blame came in 1910, when Floyd Allen's brother, Sidna, stood trial in federal court for making $20 counterfeit coins. The Greensboro, North Carolina trial ended with a not guilty verdict for Sidna, but his accomplice was found guilty of the same charges and served five years in federal prison. Federal prosecutors retried Sidna on charges of perjury related to his trial testimony. He appealed his guilty verdict and two-year prison sentence. His attorneys won a new trial for Sidna while the Allens began to publicly claim they were being attacked by the Republican Party and it was impossible for Sidna to get a fair trial because the Commonwealth attorney, William Foster, was a Republican out to get the Allens. 
The early 20th century brought changes to Virginia's judicial system that meant the Allens and powerful outlaw families like them began to lose hold of judges overseeing their trials. The county court system transitioned to circuit courts. A full-time judge oversaw cases in several counties in intervals. This meant the Allens could no longer call in political favors to get the judge they could threaten or control assigned to their county. It's strange to think that for all of Floyd Allen's frustration with the legal system and his short temper, the thing that set off the events that led to the Hillsville Courthouse Massacre in 1912 was a corn shucking. In late 1910, two of Floyd Allen's nephews, Wesley and Sidna Edwards, attended a harvest festival known as a corn shucking. Neighbors gathered each year to shuck corn and often turned it into a team competition as music played, there was a lot of drinking, and hundreds of people joined in the competition that often lasted into the night. Corn was cut, piled, and divided between two sides with a team that husked its half first being declared the winner. And there was a tradition at a corn shucking. Any young man who found a red ear of corn could kiss any girl at the gathering. Wesley Edwards found the red ear of corn at this corn shucking and chose to kiss a young woman who was romantically linked to his rival, a man named Will Thomas. He knew it would irritate Thomas because Will's father and Wesley's uncle Floyd had been feuding for years. When Wesley Edwards and his brother walked into church the next morning, Will Thomas challenged Wesley to a fight. Wesley accepted, and he claimed that once he walked outside of the church, Will Thomas and three others jumped him and began to beat him up. His brother Sidna stepped in to defend Wesley, who was outnumbered. Wesley and Sidna's own father reported the incident to authorities, and his sons were charged with disorderly conduct, disturbing a worship service, and assault. Their uncle Floyd advised Wesley and Sidna to skip town and lie low until things calmed down. Wesley and Sidna crossed the state line into North Carolina, where they tried to blend in with the locals in Mount Airy. They got jobs in a granite quarry, which worked until Carroll County authorities obtained a new warrant for their arrest in North Carolina. Carroll County Deputy Thomas Samuel and his driver, Peter Easter, traveled to Mount Airy to arrest the Edwards brothers at work. In their rush, they forgot a much-needed second pair of handcuffs to secure their prisoners. So Wesley and Sidna were chained inside Easter's buggy for their transport back to Carroll County. En route to the Carroll County Jail, Deputy Samuel and Easter passed some of Floyd Allen's properties and encountered Floyd, who pulled a gun and ordered that his nephews be set free. Depending on who you believe, Floyd claimed he didn't want the deputy to release his nephews from custody. He wanted the deputy to release them from heavy chains because he said it made his nephews look like animals. Another version of the story claims Wesley and Sidna were being dragged behind the buggy to send a message to Floyd Allen. Deputy Samuel 
refused to release his prisoners, pulled a gun, and ordered Floyd Allen to get out of the way. When Floyd refused and tried to block the road, the men began to fight. Floyd Allen beat Deputy Samuel unconscious with his pistol as Wesley Edwards tried unsuccessfully to jump the driver. Peter Easter shot and wounded Floyd in the finger, and moments later, Floyd Allen released his nephews, ran off the horses, and left Deputy Samuel in a ditch as Easter fled the scene. Maybe Floyd Allen was telling the truth about his nephews being dragged and never intending them to be freed from custody. Days later, he turned them over to the court to face trial. The brothers were convicted and sentenced to jail time. Floyd Allen's brothers, Sidna and Barnett, were indicted for interfering with the deputies. Floyd was indicted for those charges, along with assault and battery. Sidna Allen never stood trial. Barnett was tried and acquitted. Floyd Allen was set for trial, and he knew it would be hard to get an acquittal, which made locals believe the rumors that the Allens tried to intimidate witnesses. When the judge overseeing the trial called on Floyd Allen and his then-constable brother Jack to answer the witness intimidation charges, Jack denied it and said he and his brother would never do a thing like that. The judge reminded the men that as law enforcement officers in Carroll County, they should be the first to respect the law. But if they weren't capable, he was more than willing to call in Virginia State troops to keep the peace. The witness intimidation allegations persisted, which caused several trial delays. By the time Floyd Allen appeared for trial on March 13, 1912, he had the best defense money could buy. Two retired Carroll County judges, Walter Tipton and David Bolin. The state's Commonwealth attorney, William Foster, arrived at the courthouse without his key witness. Foster had been elected as a Democrat when he became the county prosecutor, but he switched to the Republican ticket years later. Foster was a sworn enemy of the Allens, another Republican who they claimed was on a mission to destroy them. When Foster got word that Deputy Samuel fled Carroll County the night before the trial, he immediately knew Floyd Allen was involved. Deputy Samuel claimed he got word from Floyd that if he testified, the Allens would kill him. Floyd continued to deny any attempts to intimidate witnesses, but Deputy Samuel's absence sent a message. Foster had to rely on Peter Easter's testimony. Floyd Allen testified in his defense, saying he had roughed up Deputy Samuel, but he claimed he just wanted Samuel to stop abusing the boys. Throughout the trial that day, no matter who was on the stand, you could just feel the tension in the air. And there was fear there, fear that if the verdict didn't go Floyd's way, there could be trouble. Judge Massey and the local sheriff confided in friends their own fear that something could go wrong and recommended officials attending the trial arm themselves, which created a battle line of sorts. Some of the Allen clan had shown up armed with pistols, and others in the courtroom had come armed in case any of the Allens started fighting. Floyd's brother Sidna was sitting in the courtroom near Floyd's son Claude. Floyd's nephew, Friel, sat in the back of the courtroom. 
And Wesley and Sidna Edwards stood on benches to see the trial in the crowded courtroom. When the case was handed over to the jury, they returned a guilty verdict against Floyd Allen. They recommended a sentence of one year in jail. Floyd Allen looked to the jury, then turned to the judge and said, if you sentence me on that verdict, I will kill you. Judge Massey didn't miss a beat. He immediately sentenced Floyd Allen to one year in prison. David Bolin, one of Floyd Allen's defense attorneys, later offered his accounts of the next moments in that courtroom, writing, Floyd hesitated a moment. Then he arose. He looked to me like a man who was about to say something and had hardly made up his mind what he was going to say. But as he got straight, he moved off to my left, I would say five to six feet, and he said something like, I just tell you, I ain't a-going. Seconds later, shots were fired in the courtroom, and the shooting continued. Within minutes, Judge Thornton Massey, Sheriff Lewis Webb, Commonwealth Attorney William Foster, a juror, C.C. Fowler, and a witness, Betty Ayers, were shot and killed. Seven others were wounded, including Floyd Allen. Over a century has passed since this shootout, and there's still a debate as to who really fired the first shot in the courtroom that day. Some say Floyd Allen said he wasn't going to jail and triggered the shootout when he pulled a gun in court and he shot first. But other witnesses claim Sheriff Webb fired at Floyd Allen. When he missed, Deputy Goad, the court clerk, fired and hit Floyd Allen, who landed on top of his lawyer, David Bolin. Floyd Allen later claimed that only after he was shot and on the ground did he pull his revolver and return fire in self-defense. More than 50 bullets were later recovered inside that courtroom, and there are still visible bullet holes in the Carroll County Courthouse stairs. Amidst the chaos and the heavy smoke from the weapons discharge, the Allen clan were able to flee the courthouse. Most of them ran into the mountains, but Floyd Allen had been shot in the hip and knee. His injuries were too serious to make it any further than a local hotel where he hid out with the help of his son, Victor. Assistant Commonwealth Attorney Floyd Landreth sent a telegram to Governor William Mann that there was trouble and they had no sheriff. Under Virginia law, when a sheriff died, his deputies lost all legal powers until a new sheriff was appointed. Sheriff Webb's death meant there was no longer law enforcement in Hillsville. Landreth's telegram to Governor Mann read, Send troops to the County of Carroll at once. Mob violence, the court, Commonwealth's attorney, sheriff, some jurors, and others shot on the conviction of Floyd Allen for a felony. Sheriff and Commonwealth's attorney dead. Court serious. Look after this now. Floyd Allen was arrested soon after the shooting. When he saw deputies coming for him, he made a desperate move. And he did it because he had vowed to himself he'd never go to jail. He tried to slash his own throat with a pocket knife. A deputy overpowered and injured and weak Floyd Allen and took him into custody. 
Governor Mayen quickly hired the Baldwin Feltz Detective Agency to hunt down and arrest anyone known to be involved in the courthouse massacre. This included rewards, dead or alive, for Sidna Allen, Claude Allen, Sidna Edwards, his brother Wesley, and Friel Allen. Posses were organized and deputies searched high and low for the fugitives. Within a month of the massacre, Claude Allen and Sidna Edwards were tracked down and arrested. Friel Allen made contact with his father, Jack, who arranged for deputies to take his son into custody safely. Sidna Allen and his nephew, Wesley Edwards, fled to Iowa, where they were captured six months later. Floyd Allen was the first to stand trial for the Hillsville Massacre. He was accused of firing the first shot that triggered the shootout, and the prosecution claimed Floyd Allen conspired with his family to murder Judge Massey, Sheriff Webb, and Commonwealth Attorney Foster if there was a guilty verdict. Floyd pled self-defense as the only reason he fired in the courtroom that day, but he was convicted of first-degree murder on May 18, 1912. He was sentenced to death by electrocution. When Floyd Allen heard that sentence, he wept. Floyd's son, Claude, was tried next. He admitted he had fired shots in the courtroom, but also claimed self-defense. Pointed out he didn't even bring a gun into the courtroom. He grabbed one of his cousins when the shooting started. After three trials, Claude Allen was convicted of first-degree murder for the death of Attorney Foster and the second-degree murder for the death of Judge Massey. The Allen family trials continued with Cinda Allen's conviction for second-degree murder of Judge Massey and voluntary manslaughter in the death of Commonwealth Attorney Foster. He was sentenced to 35 years in prison. Wesley Edwards was convicted and sentenced to 27 years. And Sidna Edwards, who never fired a shot in the courtroom, but feared he'd be convicted of first-degree murder, pled guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to 18 years. Friel Allen confessed to shooting attorney Foster and was sentenced to 18 years. All of these sentences were handed down in response to the courthouse shooting in which no one has ever been identified and confirmed to be the person who fired the first shot. Some witnesses swore Sheriff Webb fired his gun first, possibly by accident, which set off the whole thing. The truth is, there is no way to ever know who fired that first shot. Floyd Allen and his son Claude were scheduled to die by electrocution on March 28, 1913. Powerful politicians and community leaders asked Governor Mann to commute the sentences, but all he was willing to offer was a reprieve, which he granted four times. He granted those reprieves to give the Allens more time to admit their guilt and clear the air about what really happened in the courthouse. Until his death, Floyd Allen maintained he didn't fire the first shot. On the morning of Floyd's execution, Virginia Lieutenant Governor Taylor Ellison was asked to persuade the governor to commute the Allen sentences. Governor Mann was away from Richmond at a speaking engagement when he heard about the request. 
he returned to Richmond and asserted his constitutional power to ensure the executions were carried out. Floyd Allen was electrocuted at 1.20 p.m. on March 28, 1913. His son, Claude, died in the electric chair 11 minutes later. Within a year of the Hillsville Massacre, the Carroll County prosecutor placed a lien on the estates of Floyd and Sidna Allen. The properties were auctioned as part of a wrongful death settlement to provide for the survivors of the victims of the courtroom shootout. Constable Jack Allen, who had defended his brother Floyd, lost his job after the shootout. But his time as a constable and the Allen family feud with competing moonshiners came back to haunt him on March 17, 1916. Jack was on the road near Mount Airy, North Carolina, when he stopped to rest. At this rest stop, he encountered Will McGraw, another moonshiner. The two began to argue about the Hillsville shootout, and McGraw shot and killed Jack Allen. Generations on, there are some folks in Carroll County who defend the Allen family of the early 20th century, saying they were generous, good people who were only violent when they were forced to defend their family. But some believe whether Floyd Allen fired the first shot in the Hillsville courtroom massacre or not, his short temper and penchant for violence led to the deaths of five people that day. And in the end, he got what he deserved. There is no doubt the courtroom shooting and events that followed put an international spotlight on Hillsville, Virginia. Papers around the world followed updates on the Allens and Hillsville. When Floyd and Claude were executed, there was a public demand to view their bodies. The Allen family protested when Floyd and Claude's bodies were delivered to a funeral home in Richmond. They were prepared for public viewing, and thousands of people, many laughing and pointing, filed past the bodies of Floyd and Claude Allen. By the end of the day, Floyd's brother Victor obtained custody of the bodies, had them removed, and put on a train home for burial in Carroll County. By 1926, all of the Allens who had been sentenced to prison for their parts in the courtroom massacre were pardoned, including Wesley Edwards, the young man whose kiss at a corn shucking started the whole thing. Southern Mysteries is created and hosted by me, Shannon Ballard. To see photos and sources for this episode, head to southernmysteries.com and check out the show notes. Special thanks to all of my patrons who help make this independent podcast possible, including the newest members, Vanessa from Buckeye, Arizona, and Kelly from West Tennessee. There's a lot of stories you can hear now that you can't hear elsewhere when you support the show at patreon.com slash Southern Mysteries, including the show archive of more than 60 episodes, Southern Mystery Shorts, and new bonus episodes called The Lesser Knowns. It's really easy to opt in and out of giving, so I hope you'll give it a try. And even if you can't financially support Southern Mysteries right now, I totally understand there are other ways to show you're a fan and help spread some love for the show. Just share about it on your social channels 
and leave a review where you're listening right now. Doing that helps spread the word about the show and helps Southern Mysteries grow. Thanks for doing that. And thanks for listening. We'll be all right. We're careful.